It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is John Evans, who is president of Everline Coatings and Services. Thanks for joining us today, uh, John. Hey, no problem. Thanks very much for having me. This is uh, this is exciting. Okay, tell me a little bit about uh, what Everline is and what you guys do. Certainly. So Everline Coatings and Services is a parking lot line painting and asphalt maintenance company. So there's uh, virtually been a need in the market uh, all across Canada for a particular uh, uh, contractor that focuses on all the surface, all the services required in a parking lot. So that includes uh, not just line painting, but uh, the asphalt maintenance. So uh, seal coating, crack filling, seal uh, and uh, pothole repair, that sort of stuff. And we service commercial clients uh, through that sort of thing. And uh, we, we franchise it across Canada. Do you put in those speed bumps too? We do. We do. (laughs) We won't go there. (laughs) Here's a question while I have you. What determines the size of those things? Because some of them are little tiny things and then some are like monstrosities that you wonder like what the heck happened to my car after I went through them? <laughs> yeah, it, it depends on the, on the clients really. If they uh, if they think speed is a problem, uh, they make them hurt. <laughs> so you guys never get any backlash from that, do you? Uh, no, we just uh, we just do whoever signs whatever the uh, whoever signs the checks to, tells us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. How did you get started in this? Uh, so uh, uh, when I was in university, I uh, ran a student painting franchise uh, through College Pro Painters. And so I was able to get uh, contracting experience while going to school and that sort of thing. Then once school was finished, I was uh, kind of outgrew that program a little bit. Uh, my uh, So, you know, kind of decided, oh, wait, okay, what uh, what am I going to do? And my first thought was having been a franchisee through that program is to, okay, well, um, I'm uh, – you know, I'm not, I uh, don't have a brand new idea of what to do or anything or something to invent or anything like that. I went to a franchise show, not to buy any, here in Calgary, uh, not to buy anything, but uh, to uh, just to get the juices flowing of what's out there, that sort of thing. And I ran into a company uh, that was licensing, they weren't selling a franchise, but they were licensing a uh, more durable traffic paint for the ground. And so uh, we got to talking and, you know, uh, given that I came from a painting background, somewhat familiar. It's just instead of putting it on walls and windows, it was uh, uh, spraying it on the ground, that sort of thing. Uh, so that just kind of got the juices flown as to how that could be a key competitive advantage uh, uh, for a company to have a, a product that would be exclusive to us and that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, kind of went from there. Uh, then uh, we kind of grew it over over the years, uh, you know, as they say in Seinfeld, yada, 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 and uh, started franchising it across Canada. And uh, and there we went. Okay, super. Now I uh, I hear that uh, you had some interesting and exciting times recently uh, appearing on Dragons Den. Tell me what you can tell me about that appearance. Uh, I can. Uh, I, I'm. I'm now that the episode is is aired. Uh, I can kind of dive into virtually anything. But uh, you know, it was Dragons Den that uh, really. You know, back uh, in 2007, I think it was season two. Uh, that uh, that I first saw that show, and it was kind of set me on the course uh, for what uh, what I wanted to do is going into entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. 
uh, you know, not only to become a dragon, but to be in the position of uh, those uh, those entrepreneurs laying it all out there. And they're really just having a great, uh, you know, just just putting that risk. I was like, listen, I'm going to go out at absolute risk of, of being humiliated on national TV and uh, <laughs> for the shot of getting to my company to the next level. So, uh, you know, it was incredible. It was an intensive uh, uh, auditioning process. You know, I remember it was a Sunday morning eating breakfast, watching reruns of Dragon's Den, and uh, it just t- t- turned as like, I'm going to do that. I think, that, I think my company's in a position where I can do that. Because where you see a lot of companies go uh, is they go on too early or too late where they're not investable um, yeah. at that point. So I was like, I'm in that sweet spot. I'm going to give it a try. And so we went and did an audition uh, downtown Calgary. There was thousands of people there. And uh, what I did is I, I, like, you could have the best business in the world, but if it's not exciting, then the producers won't pick you. So I, it was kind of an odd experience, you know, when I went to go pitch, uh, you pitch the producers first in the audition. So they act as dragons kind of thing, just to see how you, and I, uh, so I went and put it in there and they had two of us in the same room pitching at the same time. And like, you know, my undiagnosed ADD and was like listening to the other guy while, while doing that. And, and, uh, anyways, uh, we, uh, I, I pitched him on the experience. I said, this would be really cool because we could have the dragons painting lines in the, uh, in the, um, on the area there and the producer wanted to see videos of what it would look like and they saw it would be a great segment so they want stuff that's entertaining so i uh yeah so then we got the call that we were gonna go film and then it was months of preparation uh you know i just knew that this was a do or die moment and then when you get there you re- i i didn't know this but there's actually a small chance of even airing even after filming uh, so they film way more than than that so that was just like this has got to be good so we went uh, w- uh, went in there, walked down the stairs, saw the dragons all before me, and it was what you saw on TV there through our segment. They really, uh, uh, really treated us well um, in the editing fate process. They tore me apart, and and <laughs> uh, you know they poke as many holes as possible. They, uh, it is a TV show, so they're trying to frustrate you. They're trying to get stuff out of you, and they just hold strong and face the fire. So, mm-hmm. so what was the outcome of this? Uh, so we ended up doing a deal uh, on the show with uh, with Manjeet. So we, uh, okay. we I, yeah, so I went in there asking for two hundred fifty thousand dollars for ten percent of the company, and uh, we had a uh, uh, two different deals offered to us: one between uh, Manjeet, uh, just Manjeet herself, um, as well as uh, Vincenzo and Michelle were working together uh, as well. There were two very different deals. Manjeet offered three uh, percent royalty. Uh, with a 5% equity stake. And uh, Vincenzo and Michelle offered uh, uh, the money I asked for for 20%. And while some people would say, well, the royalty is kind of like, a, uh, you know, it's just kind of like a blank check written to somebody and some capital coming out, the margins in the company were strong enough to afford that. And I felt that the value that Manjeet would bring to the company uh, would, uh, would actually exceed 3%. Okay. Plus, you get free beer too, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. As soon as that episode was done, I went right over to a brewery and then had some beers. <laughs> okay, for our listeners out there who don't know, Manjeet Minhas is the owner of Minhas Brewing uh, in in Calgary and elsewhere. What's your vision for the company as you go forward? 
So uh, we are um, what I would call the second stage of a three-stage rocket. So uh, the three. So as I mentioned before, we are franchising the company across Canada. We've uh, been successful here in Calgary, producing multi-million-dollar revenues, all that sort of stuff. And now uh, we started franchising this business about three years ago. Uh, we're now our first franchisee is getting up to the the million-dollar mark in revenue and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and then also we have uh, 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 seven other locations all across Canada right now, with four four to six right now in the hopper um, to uh, nearly double the size of our company uh, with this year, which would be really great. So. Um, what I see is that we start filling out, uh, we have an amazing business model, uh, that is millennial friendly and, uh, uh, very much a, uh, a niche that is totally needed where if you apply advanced business development processes that, uh, it is successful and I've seen it over and over again. This is not just a Calgary thing or just a me running a thing. And so I'm excited about providing that opportunity to other entrepreneurial people. So there are people out there that are a lot like me when I first, uh, you know, when I left school or I was thinking about my next business. And so I went to a franchise show just to get the juices flowing uh, for the right, uh, you know, for the right mindset, a hunter mentality, that sort of thing. Uh, this is something that has been, uh, uh, been great to not just myself, but to our franchisees and uh, looking to, uh, to do that. So then once we've, Fill out Canada with more franchises, like the uh, the little pockets that we're not in just quite yet. We're able, we have more leverage to go to national or national contracts and say, hey, we can service all of your properties uh, with one company. You have one neck to strangle, all that sort of stuff. What's um, uh, the biggest challenge you faced as uh, an entrepreneur? Oh man, uh, it's always a rotating. Uh, thing. Um, I, I, there was advice that I received years ago uh, was that entrepreneurship uh, is really managing shortage. There is always some sort of shortage, always. Uh, if you have, uh, if you don't have that, then you're not pushing yourself at all. So it's either people, cash, or uh, or work this is essentially the. Uh, it's it's kind of the trifecta of shortage. It's just the constant dance of, uh, of that. Um, you know, like, you know, when you finally get up on people, then you have less work because you're plowing through work faster. And then, you know, then you have more work, you have more cash, but then you don't have enough people to do it. Then you add more people, then you have less cash. It just goes on forever. So I think that's kind of the greatest uh, ongoing challenge uh, as it goes. And uh, that is something that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of part of it. What about doing business in Calgary itself? Uh, what are the benefits of uh, being a business owner here in this city? What, what I love about Calgary and the kind of, uh, you know, as fortune brought me to Calgary, I, I came here for school and stayed here and married myself an Albertan farm girl and, uh, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff started a business here. Uh, it is absolutely the pick yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. It is, you know, there is still the, the prairie farmer DNA, you know, all, all throughout the, uh, all through everybody. And I connected with that, uh, uh, quite, quite well. So, um, you know, it's at the roots and not only do you, 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 you get resourceful people out of that. So not only with other business owners throughout there, but that DNA is sprinkled through your workers as well, your employees. And so that, uh, that actually gives you an advantage, uh, if you tap into that and capture that as much as possible. Okay. B uh, biggest challenge uh, you see uh, today in Calgary for being a business owner. So 
I would have to say by far the biggest challenge is how emotional people get with the swing of the economy. Yeah. Now, it is, Alberta absolutely is, and no, no one will ever argue this, a, an up and down province, uh, primarily due to its uh, over-dependence on, uh, on, on oil resources. Um, and it is quite interesting that even, you know, uh, even though the economy uh, statistically is okay, if people are not feeling okay, then like it totally, they stop spending money. They, you know, cut off projects, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like an over, uh, totally uh, an overreaction. That's kind of the biggest challenge is when you're trying to run a business in Calgary and in Alberta uh, is managing that and just trying to be like, stay calm. Everything's going to be okay. We're plugging forward. You know, we have a high GDP as a province. We're okay. Like, let's go. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, as a business owner, you, uh, you know, outside, put yourself outside the environment of your office uh, and your work environment. Where do you get ideas for the business? Uh, is there anything you do in terms of your passions, your pursuits, and interests that that uh, get the creative juices flowing? Oh uh, yeah, certainly uh, a couple of things. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur, business owner, it is absolutely way too easy just to get completely lost within your own organization and not be able to uh, import knowledge uh, or even just take a break outside of outside of things. So if I were to say, you know, on kind of the uh, the short term, small. Uh, I guess like those short little breaks that you need to take, I, you know, I, I get inspired, you know, walking downtown, uh, you know, grabbing, going to a coffee shop, downtown Kensington, all that sort of stuff, uh, just to get away, get a different scenery. Uh, my, our shop areas in the Southeast and, you know, just kind of uh, getting new environments and that sort of thing. Uh, also what I do is um, I go to uh, trade related conventions quite a bit. That would have to be, uh, you know, in uh, in franchising, for instance, there's the Canadian Franchise Association, which uh, has a tremendous uh, convention and resources for franchisors. And to go out of uh, out of your home base and go and meet with them and start hearing perspectives from all the all over the rest of Canada and even some from the U.S. Uh, that you actually do get, uh, you know, a total fresh new look, and you're actually importing a fresh perspective into your business, which has worked well for us. Okay, super then. Can I switch gears a little bit, ask you some personal questions? Everybody uh, these days has uh, kind of like a bucket list. Do you have one? And if so, what's on top of it? Ooh, so um, on the bucket list, uh, it, it's absolutely a. Uh, um, I, I'm I'm pretty simple. Like I I'm I'm kind of like a homeboy. I don't really like going anywhere or doing anything. <laughs> like you know, like uh, you know, my ideal weekend is literally doing nothing at all. I I would have to say uh, it, my my now being an entrepreneur my bucket list is totally related to the successes of the business itself. Uh, it's gotta be, um, you know, Dragon's Den was one of them. Uh, so now it's like, okay, how do you leverage that into, uh, into the next bucket list? And it's absolutely kind of expanding the United States and starting to have Everline's uh, model work uh, throughout the United States. Uh, and seeing that happen for me would be an absolute incredible experience. Okay. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, uh, any thoughts of what kind of job or career you'd be in? 
Oh boy. Uh, I would probably go be uh head first into politics, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've always been a political junkie, actually. And my first year in university was uh, actually at the University of Ottawa to be kind of close to the Mecca of it all, to work at parliaments and all that sort of stuff. Uh but it it wasn't for me at that time. So maybe in a couple decades I'll get into it. We'll see. In this uh, fast-paced technological age that we live in, uh, a lot of people don't read anymore. I'm wondering, do you read any books? I I, I listen to audiobooks. Uh, so I'm uh, uh, so right now I just finished um, uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh-huh. Uh, that was uh, actually quite incredible uh, book. It was about uh, you know there are certain um, elements of extreme success throughout history why right and it's kind of uh down to even learning why there is such a divide between people in our democracy like it goes down to like our ancestry of some people were farmers and some people were animal herders and like you gain different skill sets you trust and work with people a little more as farmers and you trust and work with people a lot less as animal herders and like they all kind of expanded into different areas of north america and the world and that actually changed everything so quite interesting oh interesting yeah uh, if you had one word to describe uh, yourself, what would it be and, and why? I would say driven. Uh, so uh, and naturally, that's uh, 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 what we turned our actual core corporate values here at Everline uh, is that, you know, we are driven uh, people. And it's ne- I would have to say it's uh, for me, you know, it, it's it's never enough. As much as we are celebrating and excited about being on Dragon's Den and having a tremendous segment uh, being put out there about us, it was uh, like, okay, what's next? What's good? How do we use this? There was not, not a lot of time just to sit back and be like, this is great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Question about, I don't know if you travel much, but is there a place that you, you'd like to uh, go to uh, uh, and spend time? Um, I, uh, I, I do very much like, uh, uh, the Bahamas actually, there's, a uh, an Island I've gone to multiple times now on Eleuthera. It's kind of like a, a side Island there. There's some beautiful spots. It's quiet and very safe. And, uh, you know, you get miles of beaches to yourself entirely. So it's, uh, it's really nice. Okay. Since we're on to the travel topic, like, let me ask you, uh, We'll put a forward a scenario for you. We're going to drop you off on a small tropical island somewhere in the middle of the ocean. Beautiful place, got no technology, but it has one phone booth. Now, we're going to leave you there, uh, and at any time you could pick up the phone and call us, and we'll come pick you up. Two questions. One is, how long would you last, do you think, before making that phone call? And what do you think you'd be doing while you were there? Um, That's a... I've never been asked anything remotely close to that question <laughs> about that. Uh, I, you know, I would have to say is that uh, it, it'd probably be just like a couple of days of just chilling and, uh, you know, and not, not do very much, but it won't take very long for me to start wanting to get busy. Uh, you know, uh, and, and you know, there's certain itches that I need to get scratched here on how we're going to, um, uh, on how I need to operate. So, I would have to say like a week at most, I'd probably be like, all right, I'm done with this. Let's, let's get back to work. 
Okay, speaking of getting back to work, let me ask you about routines. Uh, a lot of people have kind of daily rituals, daily routines that they follow almost every day. Uh, do you? Uh, I do, yeah. So uh, I do as much as I can to wake up uh, 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 pretty early. We my uh, uh, we just had a, a, a new daughter here. She's uh, nine months now, and uh, her and I uh, we you know sit in bed, have a cup of coffee, and play in the morning, which is really really nice. Uh, then it's uh, getting to work. It's uh, you know uh, listening to audiobooks and things like that as we go into work. Uh, sitting down, plugging through, uh, planning out the day on uh, you know five uh, five things that I need need to get done that day, and then just get to work at it. And then whatever comes uh, through the rest of the day uh, kind of works out. Uh, before you leave us today, John, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I would have to say, uh, you know, thank you very, very much for having me. And, uh, you know, really, uh, it's it's a very, very proud to be a Calgarian entrepreneur. Uh, I would have to say that uh, uh, diversification and, and uh, uh, of the economy and, uh, you know, pulling us all up by our bootstraps to really do a great, uh, 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 great service to the economy as a whole by getting involved in something that, uh, you know, will work for you and that sort of thing. So that is, that's kind of the idea uh, that uh, I wanted to uh, let's wrap up with is uh, that here in Everline in Calgary, we've been able to create jobs and create life livelihoods, uh, you know, a real positive work environment, that sort of thing uh, that we are uh, able to provide a lot of good and we're not connected at all to oil and gas. So that's, uh, that's how you gotta, how you gotta do it. We've gotta, gotta get over it guys. Let's just uh, keep going. Great. Thanks for being our guest today, uh, John on Calgary's podcast. All right. Thank you. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.